What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 64. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, today by Herman Holst. Very special guest today. No, only kidding. Of course, I'm joined <laughs> by Travis. Travis, what's going on? Hey, I had a I had an interesting thought today at dinner. I wanted to run by you. Uh-oh. I was in the, my parents were talking, and I was in a different world. That's usually how that works, and... <laughs> Uh, you know, for example, in town here, we have two funeral homes. Why are they just called like Brown Funeral Home? Why not be called Brown Funeral Home and Body Shop? <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, it's perfect. The market's open for you to, right. to slide right in. Do you think that, do you think Body Shop is American lingo? Like, will people in other countries understand what I mean by that? Like, because like if you crash your car here, and you need to get the fender fixed, you'll take it to the body shop. But, you know, I don't know mm. if they call that, that overseas. Do they just call it a mechanic or like a... Yeah. I feel like they just call it the mechanic or maybe they call it the lorry shop or something weird like that. Oh, that's a good one. Lorry shop is really cool. <laughs> I, mean, we just, I just feel like in America because we, you know, robbed every other uh, civilization of everything and made it, our, made it our own, in air quotes, on our own, that we would... Yeah, that's why we have so many nicknames for things is because we mm. just like, you know, the body shop, we probably heard something similar to that in French and we're like, cool, we'll just take it, you know. Mm. Take it easy there. You're, you're, you're infringing on our American imperialism a little bit there. I've been watching the Netflix 9-11 documentary and I'm, I'm pretty, really? pretty t- uh, tore up and fired up. So Are you, yeah, you got some careful. manifest destiny in your balls? <laughs> yeah, careful there. So uh, anyway, I'm proper because of that. I am, of course, properly de- uh, depressed as always. It's a it's a tough show to watch. You know, it uh, punches you right in the gut, and uh, then you get <laughs> get us on there doing our our thing that we did. You know, going and trying to find those terrorists and stuff. So then it gets you a little bit, you know, back back into the game. I guess. Have they have they talked about how we George Bush could have made a deal with? I forget which country it was, but right after 2002, he could have made a deal. Um, I think it was Saudi Arabia, maybe. It was a country they were willing to give up. Yeah, I remember this. Bin Laden. And he said no because we don't negotiate. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. He couldn't re- say terrorists. He said terror, terrorists. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I do remember, remember that. Like it was 20 years ago. But no, I haven't got to that part yet. The part that I just left off with was that we had him. We had, had him. Um, we had Osama bin Laden in a cave system in Afghanistan. We had him cornered, and for whatever reason, instead of you know sending you know real soldiers, we sent a couple of advisors to Afghanistan to allow the Northern Alliance, uh, Afghanistan people, to go and go in and try to get him uh, instead of us doing it for for some reason. Uh, anyway, we're off on a tangent. Anyway, guys, we are. A PlayStation podcast where Travis and I get together each and every week to discuss all the news, rumors, new games, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the world, like the one you're listening to right now. 
as well as YouTube, where you can find some of our game streams and clips as well, like a, a nice little Hell at Loose highlight clip, I guess, if you will, that's uh, doing the rounds right now for us on the YouTube. And also, if you guys want to engage with us or talk with us, we would love to hear from you. Find us on Twitter at the DualSense Pod. We're very active there in those Twitter streets. And without further ado, Travis, let's jump right into a meaty week of news here as we got to enjoy a PlayStation showcase. All right, Travis, let's jump right in here and figured what we would do is take every announcement or reveal, just go through them here. And if there's anything that we want to stop and talk about, we can do that. So if there's something that piques your interest, feel free to jump in here. And then at the end, thought we could just give our kind of overall thoughts about the show as well. The show led off with Aspire Media, who shared a Stinger trailer and revealed that they are indeed remaking Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic from the ground up, and that it will be a PlayStation 5 console exclusive at launch. The game will be completely remade with modern tech, features, and visuals, while maintaining the story and characters from the original 2003 game. You know what's interesting about this? First of all, I don't remember this game at all. I have mm. no recollection of it. I might have played it. I just didn't realize that's what it was called. Mm. But I am, and I, I mean, I guess director's cuts fall into this, but I am over remaking old games. Mm. I, can we not be creative and make our own? This is, you know, it's the same thing. We've talked about this before. I mean, months ago that like, you know, the Hollywood and Netflix model, how it works, how it pertains to the video game model, business model. But we're starting, you know, we're seeing these remakes of games like we see remakes of movies all the time. You know, we're getting a Dune remake, which I am excited about the Dune remake. Bad mm. example. But <laughs> it's just like, Star Wars has so much breadth. Like, the lore of Star Wars is so big. Like, why can't something exist in its own world, in its own moment? You know, we had a good moment. It's like, like you know, like, at our, at my wedding, we danced to all these, like, 90s, late 90s early 2000s songs Hmm. and whenever we go to another wedding my wife always requests those songs and it's like we had a nice moment you can't recreate the moment it'll never be the same like let it live and enjoy the memory right that's how i feel about remakes of games and movies and so just a little bit of foreshadowing though when we go off the jump go off of a remake like i just turn my thing on i'm watching this i'm excited straight into a remake i'm I'm back down to, like, I'm annoyed. I'm not even interested. <laughs> I hear you. I You make a valid point. I will say that this is a very beloved game from way back when, obviously, twenty almost 20 years ago. I believe that it, I believe that it was on the original Xbox, and that was it. Maybe PC, but I'm not sure about that. It was developed by BioWare back in the day, who is Mass mm-hmm. Effect and Dragon Age now and all that. Uh, they have nothing to do with this game, uh, obviously. I I mean, there really was nothing to this. I think it is cool what they're trying to do, but I'm not going to play this. I think I think people are obviously very excited about it, but at the same time, I do hear what you're saying too. That it sometimes it's best to just you know leave things as they were. I mean, we don't have to remake everything that was a success mm-hmm. or, or a hit. You know what I'm saying? So I hear you. Yeah, I hope, hope they'll remake NCAA Football 2007. <laughs> After that, Travis, we got to see developer Shift Up share a gameplay a reveal trailer for their first console title. 
an action RPG called Project Eve. Shift Up, Shift Up has previously <laughs> been a mobile and PC-only developer producing Destiny Child. No, not the band. For mobile in 2018, oh. followed by the reason why Rayliana ended up at the Duke's Mansion for PC back in May of this year. We then saw Tiny Tina's Wonderlands that showed us a gameplay reveal trailer, which looked super weird. And we mm-hmm. learned that the game launches on March 25th on PS4 and PS5 with co-op play for up to four players. I, I got to be honest, when I saw this, there was mm-hmm. a little part of my brain that was like, if there was nothing else to play, I could see myself <laughs> playing co-op on this. And then yeah. Tina started talking and I was like, I would rather eat fire ants than listen to her fucking talk again. Yeah, Borderlands is very over the top, and this is even oh, <laughs> more yeah. so over the top because yeah. it's a fantasy world combined with Borderlands, basically. Yeah, when they, when it first popped up, I was like, "Is this a weird Borderlands offshoot?" Yeah, yeah, it's it's not for me, but people are very excited about it. So then, Luminous Productions shared the first real deep dive into the story of PlayStation Five exclusive Forspoken with a new trailer, which also featured some new gameplay. The game is being written by Gary Witta wrote Rogue One, a Star Wars story, great movie, and also Amy Hennig Travis, the former head writer and creative director for the Uncharted series. We also learned that the game's music is being composed by Bear McCreary, who is known for his work on the Walking Dead TV series and 2018's God of War. Forspoken will launch on PlayStation 5 sometime in the spring of 2022. I'm interested to see what you think about this, but uh, it, when I saw the trailer, for some reason, it wasn't exactly what I had in line for what I thought Forspoken was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't hate it, though. It's I'm not as excited as, about it as I was before. I don't really have a reason. It just didn't feel like I wanted it to feel in the trailer. But I feel like as I see the gameplay and and maybe another trailer or two, I, and I understand the story a little bit more, mm-hmm. it's definitely somewhere on my list. You know, maybe like a, a, a seven interest is what I would give it. It's with all these people involved in it, that makes it more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I would give it a seven-ish interest for me. I, I would say that this trailer left me very intrigued, more intrigued than I was before. So I'm interested in it. I'm interested to, to know more about it. I'm interested to see kind of some more raw gameplay to see what the moment-to-moment is. I don't know if it's necessarily a game that I want to play right now, but we, we they have time to convince us, obviously. I thought it was a pretty, actually pretty strong trailer um, for this game. Mm-hmm. And in terms of setting up the story and like kind of what's going on and um, it was well done. Yeah. I want to know more about the thing on her wrist that's like talking to her. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's got some heavy hitters. I mean, Gary Witta, Amy Hennig, those are two heavy hitters. So it's uh gives it a little bit of gravitas. We'll see what they can pull off with that. After that, Ubisoft shared a new Rainbow Six Extraction gameplay trailer. We learned that the co-op PvE game will feature 4K at 60 frames per second with full HDR support on PS5, including enhanced particle and lighting effects, volumetric fog, dual-sense haptic feedback, and adaptive trigger support. Extraction launches in January on both PS4 and PS5. So you, you know what's funny about this game is, you know, remember how annoyed we get like the call of duty's going back to world war ii we've done that a thousand mm-hmm. times and then so rainbow six is doing something different they're doing this extraction thing with like some sort of you know alien invasion or alien infestation whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and my initial reaction was well there's other games out there that do this better mm. 
but I can't. So I'm mad at Ubisoft for trying something new, but mad at Call of Duty for doing the same thing. Like it completely is a contradiction of of what I should be upset about. So after I realized how dumb I was being, I gotta say, Rainbow Six. This is a type of game that could do the alien, you know, infestation genre, whatever you want to call it. Probably better than anybody. They have a really good shot at at, at this being the best version of this type of game. Mm. I don't. The aliens freaked me out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I figured. I figured. <laughs> but it looked interesting, and it had the cool Rainbow Six things that we're used to. Like you know, you could put stuff up on the wall. Remember the part where you took the sledgehammer and broke through the wall to shoot the aliens? That was you awesome. could see see through the wall to see where they were. Those yeah. are things that you know we like about we've always liked about rainbow six even like you know building fortifications just random stuff like that so it definitely has those core elements it seems of what makes rainbow six a lot of fun um if i can get past the alien being scary part um (laughs) i think i would enjoy it honestly yeah this is probably the third highest game i'm excited about on this list interesting okay so Mm. i'm not out okay not in i'm 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 in the same spot i'm it is on my list of potential games. It's listed as a maybe. I am very intrigued. I've seen gameplay twice now, and both times it has made me a little bit more interested, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. The PS5 support sounds awesome, and mm-hmm. that's really kind of a knock that I have about Siege. Is Siege plays good, but I don't think Siege looks very good, so right. I, want, I want to see Extraction kind of in... Obviously, Siege is a six-year-old game at this point, five-year-old mm-hmm. game. No, six. So hopefully this one by default should look better. I, I'm not going to play this game by myself because it's a co-op. It's a three-player co-op game, obviously. So I'm not going to get it unless I can convince some of you guys to get it. But right, right. you know, it's definitely on my radar. I, it reminds me of it. It seems like playing Terrorist Hunt on the old Rainbow Six game, but mm-hmm. but the terrorists are aliens. Is how right. is what it feels like to me. Which sounds that awesome. got me excited yeah i got excited about that what yeah. would you call the genre that i'm trying to name right now what is this called like 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 a um it's like is it not it's not really a post-apocalypse yeah it's just like these i mean there's a lot there's i know what you're talking about though or what you're trying to say you've got extraction you've got like world war z um mm-hmm. you've got you know, there's you've got games like that there's one other one that's dead nation to some extent yeah i know what you're saying though it's it's like a it's like horde based survival co-op gameplay type of thing but yeah with weird creatures like yeah i get it yeah so anyway well i've got my eye on this one we'll see see how it uh, shapes up before launch here also remedy entertainment showed us a gameplay trailer for alan wake remastered which was announced earlier in the week after having previously been leaked online alan wake will come to playstation consoles for the very first time travis and will include the two story expansions, alongside all new 4K visuals, updated environments, cutscenes, and character models. The game runs at 4K at 60 frames per second on PlayStation 5, while the PS4 Pro version offers a 60 frames per second performance mode and a 4K 30 frames per second quality mode, with the base PS4 running at just a meager 30 frames per second. <laughs> That's all they literally could say about it. Right. Alan, <laughs> Alan Wake Remastered launches on October the 5th. Uh, so. This is this is big for PlayStation gamers. We've never got to play Alan Wake on our ecosystem. For anyone who's mm-hmm. been PlayStation uh, centric or exclusive for all this time, I did play Alan Wake on Xbox 360 back in the day, and really I remember you talking about it for like really, a week. <laughs> I really loved it. It's a very very good game. Great story, kind of eerie 
scary mm-hmm. gameplay, you know, a supernatural shit going on. And it's definitely you can see the you can see the bones of that game in control, which is their latest game. And I think this is obviously setting us up for an Alan Wake two, which has been rumored before. Right. Yeah, it's been rumored before. Um I'm I don't I'm not gonna play the remaster. It I, I just don't feel like I need to. Like if you've played it once, I don't think you need to go back and play it again. But if you've never played it, it's definitely a recommend for me. After that, Rockstar revealed the expected GTA 5 next gen with a trailer featuring improved graphics, seamless character switching, and they also announced that the game has been delayed to March 2022 <laughs> for PS5. It was previously scheduled to come out in November. And as a reminder, G- GTA Online will be free to download for three months once the game launches on PlayStation. Any thoughts here? Yeah, I, I'm not going to buy the version uh, I, I will get the online because it's free i mean mm-hmm. it'd be silly not to that would be dumb not to do because it's just fun to go on there and dick off yeah and it, you know it's it's also fun to do the heist and run the weed and all the other stuff that we used to do on there it's just fun <laughs> yeah so yeah of course i'm sure we'll, all of us will end up there i think everybody that has access to playstation <laughs> online needs to download gta online why would you not it's free yeah but yeah i'm not going to get it another version of this game i've already beat twice on two consoles yeah i'm not gonna buy it either not the not the story portion i'll just get the free online that they're offering to ps5 users and to be honest with you and this is kind of a overall sentiment online it, the the upgrade didn't look that significant to me mm-hmm. like i was kind of like what's upgraded i don't know i felt maybe i need to see a side by side from ps4 to ps5 but that's kind of been the knock uh these last 24 hours online with that is that it doesn't look to be much of an upgrade so we'll have to see about that but right now I'm, I'm not pressed to buy it and most likely won't i'll just stick with the online as you said after that bethesda Softworks showed a new ghostwire tokyo story and gameplay trailer followed by <laughs> oh, that's all you have for that <laughs> that's all i, I gotta say I about do, that. i do want to say mm. it was bizarre of course the guy, the you know, the main villain guy that looked like he was in um corn or slipknot. Uh-huh. Very weird. When I went to bed last night, there was a dark shadow and then the light from the smoke detector. And I was like half awake when I opened my eyes and I like for a second saw that face and I was like, Okay, I definitely can't play that game. <laughs> I it saw does a trailer have... <laughs> and then I saw him in the in the bedroom floating around. Oh god. It does have ghosts in the name, so you can't do it. Nothing scary. After that, Square Enix debuted another Guardians of the Galaxy story and gameplay trailer as well. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> then developer Shark Mob showed off a gameplay trailer, Travis, for their third-person free-to-play battle royale game called Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. The game features multiple clans, each with unique abilities and powers, fighting to restore the masquerade. It will target 60 frames per second on PlayStation 5 and will feature full support for DualSense and 3D audio. Blood Hunt launches on PS5 sometime later this year. So this game, uh oh, was the game I'm the most interested in. <laughs> uh oh, oh man, okay. So, I don't know where it came from. I'm watching the trailer and they're like, you know, they're shooting people and they zoom up and suck their blood. And I was like, dope. What is this? I'm into this. I don't know where it came from. Mm. The last guy they showed, that's like a brute, the big black guy. Yeah. Um, he looked like the least fun character to me. I feel like if you're going to be a vampire that's sucking blood in a battle royale, you want to be one of the first three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like I like the the look of the um, actual set. 
Mm. I thought that was really cool, and and it looks like it'll have some really interesting like third person uh, death death video scenes or whatever you want to call them cut scenes kind of things i think it'll be pretty sweet um yeah like kill animations or whatever yeah i I wonder how it will work in the battle royale way is it going to be kind of like you know where we're in everybody it's in your little group or your little version of whoever you are your little clan are you all together trying to knock out the other clans or is it just one v one you know that kind of a thing um i'm interested to see how all that kind of plays out how big the map is that kind of thing uh but at this point, I'm very interested in this. Interesting. Well, I, I also am very interested in it. I I have heard about this game. It had been some type of announcement a few weeks ago or something like that, though, that it existed and then obviously showed this off at the show. And I, I'm with you. I think this looks super awesome, super dope. And it's free. So, you, I mean, can't, can't hurt to try it at least. So I think it looks pretty sick. The moment-to-moment combat, like the you go from shooting to melee and, you know, like you said, zipping around the map and everything looks dope. So I'll have to check that out. After that, we got yet another Deathloop trailer and that was followed by developer. <laughs> I have literally nothing to say about that. It just, I don't know what the fuck. Then developer Awaseb, no idea if I'm saying that right, announced open world tropical adventure game to Chia or Chia. I don't know. For both PS4 and PS5 via a gameplay trailer. The game is set on a small archipelago in the Pacific Ocean in a place called New Caledonia, which apparently is a real place, and players will have the ability to possess any physical object or animal in the world to aid in their exploration. I felt like this was a Disney movie. <laughs> I, I, It's not for me. <laughs> Naughty Dog then announced the Uncharted The Legacy of Thieves collection for PlayStation 5 and PC. The collection includes remastered versions of Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. It will launch in early 2022 on PS5, with the PC release coming sometime later in the year. So, I, I'm i not going to get, like, I, I don't feel compelled to get this in any way. I, I've played both of these. They're great games. There's, it's, I don't think there's going to be any type of free upgrade path or even a paid upgrade from any either of these games. Like, you're literally going to have to buy the collection again to pay the, to play these. And I'm out for that. So <laughs> also weird that it's just these two games, I guess, because mm-hmm. they're from PS4 and it's easy to upgrade them and whatever. So I don't know. It's also like our fourth remake of the day. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. It's just it's, like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I, I don't know. It seems kind of like a cash grab, but All right. This uh, is our third Naughty Dog game they're working on. <laughs> God, I fucking hope not. And then Travis, it started to get interesting. Because we got a Wolverine teaser trailer from Insomniac mm-hmm. Games. So, this looks cool. I know we saw two seconds and they're sure. in a bar. And it looks like they just walked into Patrick Swayze's bar in Roadhouse. But still, <laughs> you know, he's wearing flannel. And I did not put together it was the Wolverine until the claws came out. Did you? Did you realize that's what it was? I did. And once I, I, I don't know, it's the flannel shirt. Like when I, I don't know what it was about. It's like the flannel shirt. And then when I saw the red spots on his knuckles i was like oh this is wolverine yeah so <laughs> the, the flannel triggered something in my head i was like this is i know what this is and then they showed his knuckles and i was like oh he beat the shit out of some people his knuckles are red you know i didn't even put it together in my head <laughs> and then when that guy stands up and he pulls the knife i was like okay well this guy's gonna get fucked up mm. and then the and then when the when the fucking blades come out of his hand i was like okay here we go like finally something to be excited about mm. yes so this was my game of the show by far. 
I think this is going, I think this is going to be fucking dope. And this is really the only surprise, truly, in a way that we had, at mm-hmm. least from the big announcements, at least from first party. And like you said, it was nothing. It was just a teaser trailer. But fucking a man, Insomniac's making this after what mm-hmm. they've been, after what they've done with Spider Man. You, it's you. There's no way you cannot be excited about this if you enjoy Spider Man from Insomniac because they're gonna. It's gonna be a home run. They're gonna kill it. And also, I think what also makes it my excitement higher is that back on the PS3 and 360 era, we had a good Wolverine game, third person action game that was fucking dope where you could mm-hmm. just decapitate people called Wolverine Origins, I think. Awesome game. Fantastic game. But actually, I think that Raven Software, who now makes only Call of Duty, you know, that Raven, the one that yeah. does, I think they... <laughs> They, they made that game, if I remember correctly. So just a cool little fact there for you, but super excited about this. This is going to be insane. And I'll have something else to say about it in just a minute when we wrap up. After that, Travis, we got to see your beloved Polyphony Digital, who shared a new Gran Turismo 7 trailer featuring a look at the return of campaign mode, vehicle customization and tuning, a photo mode with real-life backdrops they're calling Scapes, car collecting, legendary tracks, and new gameplay. They also announced in the post show that it will launch on March the 4th simultaneously on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Well, first of all, fuck them for not telling us when it was releasing (laughs) until after the show. Uh, Fucking assholes. We're going to talk about that. Secondarily, um, they've definitely, they've taken what we've all liked about Gran Turismo Sport, and then they've taken all the fun stuff from the other Gran Turismo is about car customization and collecting cars, and they've even brought back two really good tracks. Um, I can't think of what they're called now because I'm too excited. But they're on they're on the trailer. You're in the woods on one, and the other one's the big banky boy. Um, anyway, big banky boy. Mm. Yeah, it it looks sweet. The graphics look really good. Obviously, um, Gran Turismo is so polyphony is like so anal about these car details that the cars do, will look perfect. Oh, it's fucking stunning. It's a stunning looking game. That's probably part of the, I know obviously COVID pushed them back, but like they are so anal about the noises of the cars, the way they look, the way the gear, all the stuff that it's going to take them forever to get a car scanned in and ready. Mm. But anyway, yeah, it's awesome. Everybody on the internet is excited. All the sim racers are excited. Um, It's also caused a little bit of a resurgence in Gran Turismo Sports now that people have an end date. Okay. You know, in March we're moving on we got six months or whatever, like, you know, that has helped a lot, um, kind of to give life back to what we had. But anyway, what's not to be excited about it? You get the most, you get the best of both worlds of what made Gran Turismo fun. The you know, having a car, upgrading it, tuning it, putting turbos on cars for no reason, putting big stupid <laughs> wings on them. Like that's part of what made Gran Turismo so much fun when we were kids. So now we can do all that. Plus, we can do the actual racing that we like to do online. Um, which is so easy to do the way they have it set up with the daily races and then also the, the FIA championship. So as long as they keep all of those things together, I mean, they have ever, they have all of us in. Yeah. I, so obviously I'm not, this is not for me. I'm not going to play it, but like I said, it is stunning looking. It's a, it looks like a beautiful game. Like the car models are ridiculous. The graphics look ridiculous. I thought all of the, stuff like the customization and the tuning actually looked really cool. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I definitely get it, but it's just not for me. I'm not a sim racer, obviously, but yeah, finally got your date. <laughs> well, one, 
one cool thing that they showed is well, they showed two really cool things. There's a version where they're showing like a Toyota A86 and it's racing against other cars that aren't even within this. They're like 10 years older than that car, 10 oh, years yeah, newer yeah. than that car. And the way the old Gran Turismo's would work was you could upgrade your car and it would change its class. So like, you know, do this, that, do this and that. It's N200 now. It was N100. Or you add these three things, you can race in the N400 class. So what that seemed to suggest was what I would assume, this is a complete speculation, but right now we have three daily races a week and daily race a is always kind of like a a family car or a normal car not a race car in a random track i think it might be a random class and a random track so you can race whatever car you want as long as it's in the n100 category mm. and you'll be able to take your premier car collection a car you've modded and built out the way you want to that to that race and then the other two will still be like the race cars that we use now that would be my guess that'd be really cool honestly because yeah. you get, like you never get cars like that on a track together. And the other cool thing was they were racing army jeeps on a rally course. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know that. What that. I don't know what that means, but I want right. to do it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. I must have missed that. I did not see that at all. Anyway, exciting times. Finally got a date for that. We can quit wondering. And then after that, Travis, we also saw another heavy hitter in the form of a Spider-Man Two cinematic trailer also from Insomniac Games. And it appears to be potentially a co-op game featuring Miles Morales and perhaps Venom as the villain, Mm -hmm. although it's unclear at this moment. We learned that it's coming sometime in 2023. Now, So will you. So will I. I, uh, This is going to be another banger. I mean, Insomniac is just ridiculous. And... Mm -hmm. It looks awesome. Of course, it's just cinematic, but we already know from Spider-Man and then from Miles Morales, like it's a known property, right? It's a known quantity from Insomniac with this. So it's going to be a banger, going to be fucking ridiculous. Looks awesome. Can't wait. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Did, <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it intrigue you at all? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think co-op would be fun, but I know that you and John will probably co-op it. So I don't really know how. It's not a tri-op, so I don't really know how it fit into that, but that's okay. I will say that if they, obviously they're not going to release Wolverine at the, in the same window as Spider-Man 2, but if they release mm-hmm. Wolverine in 24, they have a potential based off of how Spider-Man and Miles Morales is, are, was, mm-hmm. they could go back to back game of the years. Very possible. So that was the comment that I was waiting for is that because we, we have a date on Spider-Man 2, we know that Wolverine is obviously coming after that. Now... Is that 2024? Is that three years from now? Is that four years from now? I don't know. They All they said was that they're very early in development. I don't feel like Sony would announce a 2025 game. <laughs> I really don't even feel like Sony would announce a 2024 game, but it's clearly not coming out in the same year as Spider-Man 2. So uh, we'll see. I, I also want to say about co-op, the potential of co-op, I think that is, I think that could be very well done in a game like that. If anybody can pull it off, I think it's Insomniac. So if that's the case, if that's real, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But that's also very intriguing. Would you both be Spider-Man? How does this work? Is one of you one would Uncle be Ben? Like, <laughs> no, one would be Miles and one would be Peter Barker. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I read, I'm reading this now as a human with eyeballs, and that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Perfect. I didn't compute, sorry. That's, I understand. And then finally, Travis, the show wrapped up with santa monica studio 
delivering our first look at God of War Ragnarok with a story and gameplay trailer. We learned that the game takes place several years after the first, with Thor and Freya as the two main antagonists. There will also be new runes and abilities, and all nine realms are included in the game. No release date was announced, however, but it will be the last game in the Norse saga, according to a post-show interview with Herman Holst. And finally, we learned that Corey Barlog, the director of the 2018 game, is not directing Ragnarok. That role falls to one Eric Williams, who has worked on every God of War game as a combat designer. The former director, Corey Barlog, said that it is tradition at Santa Monica to change directors across games. Hmm. Any thoughts? I think the only questionable thing that the fans have is that Corey Barlog is now the director. Or no Wait, longer, you mean? Sorry, yes. Whatever, I flip the names. You know what, I do this all the time. <laughs> anyway, but Eric Williams is the director now, not Corey. So I think that would be a fair question to ask. Mm. You know, especially if it's a beloved franchise as it is, you don't, wanna, you don't want somebody to come around and fuck it up like George Lucas did with Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, I'm here for Fat Thor. Um, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked to you about that today where I saw the picture of Fat Thor and thought it was like a joke, like somebody had made a Fat Thor and then put somebody's name underneath it as like a joke. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't understand. Uh, but then you're like, no, that's that's Thor. They wanted to look like that. And I was like, oh, OK. So I've everything I've ever read about Thor suggests he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's fine. You can have he can be fat. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, I mean, again. I assumed that this would be the closer going in. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was the closer, obviously. It looks awesome. They all look awesome. If you're like me, you feel like you're probably too far behind to start, but the game doesn't feel like you have to have played them all to play this one. No, this, you, you only need to have played 2018 to play this one for sure. And it's also available on PS5 on the PlayStation Plus collection, and it has a PS5. 60 frames update. It's a fantastic game. Definitely highly recommend playing it. So obviously this looks awesome. It looks like to me more God of War, which you can't complain about that because 2018's game was fantastic. Uh, So it just looks like more of this on a little bit grander scale, you know, different things being added to combat, new enemies and everything. Looks awesome. Totally stoked about it. Can't wait. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it didn't really blow me away necessarily, but I, but I don't think you can be blown away because it is essentially the same game with more stuff. You know what I mean? So it's not right. like an, it's not like a new IP or whatever. Like it just looked like more of that, which there's nothing wrong with what came before. So you mm-hmm. don't you don't fix it if it's not broke. I did feel like watching the trailer when when the son, what's his name, Tony, um, John. No. <laughs> no, it's Atreus. Atreus. Atreus was, um, you know, he's standing <laughs> back there and he's like, I want to run off and, you know, I want to meet Loki and do all this and that. It's like we were we were just teetering on like this very, very old school trope that we've seen in storytelling for so long. And I was like, please don't fall into that trap. At least make it a little bit original. So hopefully mm-hmm. that would be the only thing from a guy who's never played the games, but from a storytelling thing, as you know, <laughs> where I, use, I sometimes I just guess the endings before they happen mm. that had a lot that had an interesting feel to it to me so yeah i, I want to I, w- I feel like i need to say this too about the director change i i don't think necessarily that it's a big deal per se you know i i will give them the benefit of the doubt and they're obviously not going to 
give one of PlayStation's biggest franchises to the hands of somebody who's not capable to. So you'd hope. I mean, let's just say that. And the guy's worked on every God of War game, so he's been around. He knows what he knows what's going on. I think what this stems from is because, as we've speculated on this show before, I believe it's my theory that Corey Barlog is working on a sci-fi game at mm-hmm. Santa Monica Studio. I think he's directing a sci-fi game of some sort. Yeah, you tweeted that, didn't you? Uh, it's, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, and I, I, that's there's been rumors, there's been hints. His Twitter location says the glittering fields. <laughs> you know, I think that's what he's doing. So he's busy on another project, like we've talked about. Multiple stu- or these studios are working on multiple projects. It just all lines up. So anyway, I don't think there's anything to be alarmed about. But let's now talk about overall thoughts on the show. I'll I'll start off here. So the first. 40, it was a 40-minute show. The first 30 minutes to me were were average. <laughs> I, text, I texted you and said, I texted you and said, this is average so far. And then the last 10 minutes was great. You know, we had bangers. We had Wolverine, Gran Turismo, Spider-Man 2, God of War, all at the end. So it closed out great. For me, I left it feeling a little bit disappointed, but I think that's because, like we talked about last week, I hyped it up a little bit too much for myself. So I have to give them a little, a little bit benefit of the doubt. Some of that's my own fault. However, we haven't really heard from them in a year about a PlayStation, about PlayStation Five specifically. You know what I mean? The last thing they did was a year ago. I understand COVID and everything. It just seemed like we needed a little bit more. Now, some people are going to listen and say, "Oh my God, we got Wolverine and we got Spider Man too, and we got God of War." But yes, so there's no doubt those are bangers. I'm glad that we didn't record this right after the show because after reflecting on it for a little bit, I think the issue that I had with the show was pacing because I think their pacing was terrible on this. And what I mean is that they waited for the last 10 minutes to show off everything that's of really any kind of consequence that's big. You know what I mean? They saved all the big things for the very end. They should have, they should have, you know, interspersed these things better. Like, Start off with a Spider-Man 2 teaser or God of War and then end with one of those, you know, then throw Wolverine just there there in the middle. Like out of nowhere. Yeah. Show Spider-Man at the top and you think, oh, cool. We saw Insomniac. And then in the middle, bring Insomniac back up, show the Wolverine teaser. And then everybody's like, what in the fuck, you know? (laughs) And then you end with God of War. Like, I don't know. I think the pacing was off. Weird, really kind of alignment choices there in the show. And then a couple of other things. I why did they have like a five or ten minute post show thing to really? I, I don't know. Well, first of all, they saved the Gran Turismo release date for that. Mm-hmm. Fucking why? Just like that needs to be in the show. Like don't yeah, save that trailer. <laughs> yeah, don't save that for the thing at the end. Like why? Don't do that. That, that was a poor choice in my opinion. And then, like you said, a lot of remakes, a lot of remasters. But overall, after having reflect on it, I think it's a very good show. If you from top to bottom, I mean, it's hard to argue. You had if you, I just think that, that if they would have made some different organizational choices with dispersing those differently, you know, I would have felt differently, like right from the top, right off the bat. So uh, that's kind of what I would say about that. What do you think? Yeah, your pacing comment is that's spot on. That's one of the issues I had because you know we were sitting there for thirty minutes. We haven't heard from them in a year, and 
not that we don't get anything for 30 minutes, but we don't get anything for 30 minutes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're getting bored, we're losing interest, and they're like, a Deathloop trailer. And I'm like, you you are killing me right oh, now. Oh, fuck, yeah. Poor like, decision there, too. Yeah, so to throw in some stuff that we didn't know about or weren't really sure about at the beginning, like you said, that, that would have made a lot more sense to me. And it made it a lot more fun, too, because you would have been able to, like, maybe some stuff that you knew wouldn't be that interesting or could be criticized for like imagine if they had reorganized this and then they threw in the wolverine teaser trailer and then they gave us a death loop trailer people probably would have missed the death loop trailer because they'd have been tweeting about wolverine that'd have been perfect <laughs> right, could have avoided right. any and all <laughs> criticism but i feel like in the past when i've watched these shows there was always these random games that they would show that like would get me excited even if i didn't play them i'm like oh shit that's really cool or like wow that's gonna you could see how the potential of this game could lead into the future like uh, of giving me some stuff in another game or whatever you know what i mean and the only game i felt like that with was vampire the masquerade that's the Mm -hmm. only game that really popped up and i thought like i I wasn't expecting to like this it's interesting i think it has a lot of potential the gameplay although it's a battle royale being able to move around the map uh, almost in a portal like sense but not really in a dishonored kind of sense that was really cool to see those different items or these different kind of perks used in a different way. That being said, the rest of it to me wasn't interesting. The remakes aren't interesting to me. Typically, once I play a game, I'm done with it. I don't really replay games a whole lot, even if you remaster them. I, I mean, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love Red Dead Redemption 2. If they remaster it on the PS5, am I going to play it again? I don't know if it's worth seeing mm-hmm. Arthur with better facial wrinkles. I don't know if that really does it for me. So. Yeah. To me, it was a complete waste until we got to the end, and I did not expect to get two games from Insomniac. Yeah, they're basically floating the PlayStation Five right now. Anyway, mm. I mean, great point. They have they put out two that are awesome. We got two more coming that are going to be awesome. I mean, if they're not the best studio, they might, are they the best studio in the world? I they very. I mean, they're making a strong case. They're definitely the most important studio that playstation currently has right great and then like like you said on twitter great purchase i think you retweeted somebody that had said that oh it's a yeah it's a still still of the century i mean i you can even make the argument in my opinion that they're the best overall studio that playstation has like imagine where we would be right now on ps5 without insomniac we <laughs> astrobot <laughs> we wouldn't have miles morales we wouldn't have ratchet we we wouldn't have spider-man remastered I mean, they've already, we already have five known quantities, properties from them mm-hmm. for PS5 before we even know it took it. They did all of that in the same amount of time that we learned about God of War Ragnarok. And we have, we still don't know dick about what Naughty Dog is doing. We don't know <laughs> dick about what Sucker Punch is doing next. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's also something else I want to say. I'm glad you said that. It reminded me. I think that PlayStation is relying too much on insomniac it's kind of weird it is but they are they're relying i don't know if they're being forced to because everyone else is just behind or they're not ready or i don't know but mm-hmm. they literally are riding insomniac i mean hard 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 and i don't know again if that's by necessity or what but it's just crazy that they're having to lean on these guys so much and maybe they're just well organized and they're just ready to go i don't i don't know but mm-hmm. it just seems like they're really riding these guys and i don't know yeah i wondered about that too it seems like they're pushing them really hard but 
you know, also Insomniac doesn't really have a lot of distractions either. They're not having sexual harassment suits and other stuff like that. <laughs> Fair. So, you know, when you keep it in your pants, you can get a lot done. I mean, look at Isaac Newton. So <laughs> just in, to close up, the last 10 minutes, I would give a 10. The first 30 minutes, I'd give a 4. So that's a 7 overall. Fair. That's fair. Number two, Travis, Sony Interactive Entertainment announced the acquisition of Liverpool, UK-based developer FireSprite on Wednesday. FireSprite is a studio of more than 250 employees, which makes them larger than both Media Molecule and London Studio combined. The studio was founded in 2012 by former employees of Sony Liverpool, which was closed by Sony in 2012, and they are PlayStation's 14th first-party studio. Those former Liverpool employees created the popular anti-gravity racing series Wipeout, and the current team collaborated with the team Asobi on the Playroom for both PS4 and PSVR, and also created their own IP, a horror shooter called The Persistence, for both PS4 and PSVR. Following the announcement, head of PlayStation Studios Herman Holst spoke to GameIndustry.biz to elaborate on the deal. Regarding what Fire Sprite Brings to the table, Holst said, quote, I think the combination of that legacy and that entrepreneurial spirit, that's a great foundation for us to collaborate on the few great exclusives, exclusive game projects that we're working on together, end quote. In terms of what the studio is working on, Holst wants them to lead development on their own projects, stating, quote, as Fire Sprite has grown and evolved, we think that this is a role that it's now ready for, which is developing exclusive games for PlayStation Studios, end quote. Prior to being acquired, FireSprite was actively recruiting staff for two projects, a, quote, game-changing, huge multiplayer shooter and an <laughs> ambitious dark narrative blockbuster adventure, end quote. The only hint that Holst offered was that their projects will be in genres outside of what is typical for PlayStation Studios. What do you think? Okay. Well, PlayStation Studios has lots of genres. I don't mean, how much further out can you get? Are they going to make like a big-titted goth game or something like what what else is there <laughs> i think they just mean like more than third person action adventure games oh uh, well that's a fair criticism in general of playstation studios sure my brain's all over the place so they got rid of playstation liverpool but then they just bought a they just bought somebody <laughs> in liverpool they bought they bought they they, they deleted them and then bought them back is Basically. relatively what happened Basically. love that love that that's great and also um the persistence is a wonderful band name mm. That's what I've basically taken from this, but uh, Wipeout's great. Uh, everybody likes Wipeout that I've ever talked to or read about. So great, awesome. We're bringing them on. I want to see what this really means as far as like what's a game changing huge multiplayer because mm-hmm. you can make the argument that Splitgate is a game changing multiplayer. Hmm. Obviously, sure. Fort Fortnite was a game changing multiplayer. So like game changing out the gate to come out and say we're going to make a game changing that's a hell of a claim mm-hmm. especially to recruit people like that just reads like marketing bullshit to me um, but the last one an ambitious dark narrative i feel like that really feels like something like when i picture in my head i'm watching a trailer and it pops up it says fire sprite and it's a dark and gritty like la noir or something like that or mm-hmm. even alan wake i'm like okay cool that that feels right to me because those two types of games are very different yeah, I, I think this is an exciting acquisition. I think any time that they make an acquisition into the first party, it's exciting, obviously. But what really interests me the most about this, it's not really their resume in terms of what they've made because I haven't played anything that they've made, if I'm being honest. But the fact that they, it's two things, really. The fact that they have more than 250 employees, which makes them bigger than Media Molecule and London Studio. Which is crazy to me. 
Yeah, I think that is very telling. They obviously are working on two projects, which are the the ones that we we believe that they're working on is what they were working on before, which is the multiplayer shooter, like you talked about in the dark adventure or dark narrative blockbuster adventure game. Both of those sound very intriguing to me. So that's really all I have to say about it is that I think the the combination of their size um, combined with what they're allegedly or were working on sounds very exciting to have in the first party. So we'll see. Number three, Sony walked back their ridiculous PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 upgrade path for Horizon Forbidden West over the weekend. As previously re- as previously promised, players will be able to upgrade for free from the PS4 to the PS5 versions of the game, regardless of the edition they purchase. In a press release on the PlayStation blog, Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan stated, quote, It's abundantly clear that the offerings we confirmed in our pre-order kickoff missed the mark. Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for our cross-gen launch titles, which includes Horizon Forbidden West. While the pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window we initially envisioned, we will stand by our offer. Players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation 4 will be able to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version for free, end quote. Ryan also made clear Sony's stance on cross-gen releases, moving forward adding, quote, I also want to confirm today that moving forward, PlayStation's first-party exclusive cross-gen titles, new, newly releasing on PS4 and PS5, both digital and physical, will offer a $10 USD digital upgrade option from PS4 to PS5. This will apply to the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7, and any other exclusive cross-gen PS4 and PS5 titles published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. End quote. Any thoughts? Well, yes, I'm sure you have some interesting thoughts on this too. The first thing I want to address is this feels like, as a fan base, we've won something. Like we called them out, complained really, really loud, and they've walked it back, right? I feel like we finally won something. That was that was a nice win for us. The next thing I want to touch on is this cross-gen commitment is retarded, and mm. I've I've read online from a few different video game journalists that have said it by 2023 it's going to be phased out but by his comments it doesn't read that way but as we've seen are his comments even worth what what are they worth anything because he just walks himself back and says whatever he wants anyway so he could he could flat out say we'll never stop making ps4 games and then tomorrow he'll turn around and say we're never going to make them again (laughs) i think he's proven that we can't really trust what he says when it comes to money being involved just a thought yeah and the other thing that really grinded my gears was in this was in the first part of that quote where he says we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades which included horizon forbidden west but the pandemic pushed forbidden west out of the launch window we initially envisioned but we will still stand by our offer so what you're telling me is you weren't going to stand by the offer because an act of God pushed uh-huh. the game back out of a window. So clearly they had a window on a calendar that said, hey, if we offer this upgrade for a month, it won't cut into our profits too much. Well, this fucked us over. So now they're like, we'll just pretend like we never said that. Yeah, Like, that's not an excuse. It don't tell me that that's bullshit. Don't tell me that. Oh, well, the pandemic pushed it back. So, but we'll still, guys, we're good. We're good guys. We'll still honor it. Like, that's not an excuse for anything. And the, your reasoning doesn't even make sense. Like if you would just come out and say, Hey, 
we're going to be a little bit shorter on money than we thought, so we were just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Okay, cool. I can buy that, but I'm still mad at you, right? But like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, all that says is we tried to pull one over on you. You guys didn't buy it. Here's a reason that's bullshit. Take it or leave it, right? It's just stupid. I can't believe anything he says. That that irritates me a lot because it's like even even though we won and they've walked it back, he still has to have the last word in some way. It's like arguing with a toddler. Yeah, it does. Very well said. I don't think I can add much more than that. It's very well said. You hit the nail on the head, and it does come across that way. It does come across of like, hey, I I need to have the last word in a way. And it to your point, they did try to see if they could get away with it. <laughs> and it basically is what it seems like. And obviously they couldn't. So it is good that they walked it back. They reversed their decision and decided to stand by their fucking word. I mean, is that too much to ask? I guess it was bullshit. I mean, let's be honest. So it's good that they're changing it. However, the other thing I want to say about this is that also to your other point, it sounds like this is going to continue to be a thing, but for how long? Because he tells us right there that there are going to be other cross-gen titles coming because he says any other exclusive cross-gen title. So we're not done. We're not done after God of War and Gran Turismo 7. So what is left? <laughs> what else is coming in 2022? Because Insomniac did confirm that Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine are exclusive to PlayStation 5. Thank God. So what is coming after that that we don't know about that's going to be cross-gen? So that's interesting, but prepare for that. Number four, Activision peeled back the curtains on the Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer suite this week with a revealed trailer. The game will launch with 16 maps for traditional core play, plus four maps for the Champion Hill game mode. The game also adds a combat pacing feature where players can choose between tactical, assault, and blitz, with each pacing mode changing the style of gameplay by altering player counts and map sizes. This comes alongside a myriad of other smaller, newer features and tweaks like the return of weapon mounting, an improved gunsmith, and more. And finally, the launch of Vanguard will move the Warzone map to the Pacific Theater of World War II. PlayStation players can participate in the Vanguard beta right now. What do you think? I mean, definitely no reason not to try the beta. Um, the the few things that, that kind of jumped out to me were... The combat pacing to tactical, the assault and the blitz. So we've talked before about how some of these multiplayer shooters are just too fast. Mm. They're just such there's such a twitch shooter that it's like really impossible for us to play it because we don't play enough hours of the day to be good at twitch shooters. To be honest, yeah, that's why a game like Battlefield is not only easier for us, but yeah, I mean, Battlefield's more appealing to, to gamers like us, I think, because of the tactical aspect of it. Same reason that Hell Let Loose is interesting to us. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting way to try to address that. And it's very creative. I'll give them that. I wouldn't have thought of this. I wouldn't have thought of having three different kind of speeds you could play at. That's pretty cool. That is cool. But what I see happening is people playing Blitz and they're like, dude, I bet if we switch to tactical, but play like Blitz, we'll kick Mm. some ass because they won't know what to do. I Mm. feel like, I feel like eventually it just won't matter. It'll be like a mess or nobody will be on assault. You know, it'll be something like that. But this is, I'll give Call of Duty props. I think this is, that's a cool idea. I, w- I mean, hell, I wouldn't have thought of that, like I said before. And um, I'm interested to see the kind of the gunsmith thing, because I don't really know what else you can do with to improve gunsmith, quote-unquote. I mean, it is what it is. Um, across all games, I have no idea how you can make it better. So I'm interested to see what a quote-unquote improved gunsmith really means. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really have anything much to add about that. So let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> Number five, Travis, we also have a bunch of news nuggets, per usual. 
Feel free to join me anywhere you see fit. First nugget, PlayStation announced the September additions to PlayStation Now this week. Coming to the service are Tekken 7, Final Fantasy 7, first-person shooter Killing Floor 2, dungeon-crawling shop management game Moonlighter, computer RPG Pathfinder Kingmaker, and exploration adventure game Windbound. Tekken 7 will be available until February the 18th, while the rest appear to be permanent additions. Pretty good list. I don't know if anything mm-hmm. stands out to you, but it's overall a pretty good, pretty good list of strong additions to PlayStation Now. I did try Moonlighter and Windbound for a little bit this week. Moonlighter, definitely not for me. Not a fan of the art style per se. Windbound was intriguing. The art style was very cool, and the, the premise seemed cool, but I just know that I'm not going to have time for it. But anyway, worth checking out some of those if those interest you. Killing Floor 2 is fun. I actually own that. That's a, another kind of first-person co-op horde mode shooter thing. Pretty neat. Next nugget, Games Beat's Jeff Grubb reported this week and Video Games Chronicles' Andy Robinson confirmed that PlayStation is developing a new Twisted Metal game coincide with the upcoming television series. 100% game will be better than the series. Oh, no doubt. I don't know. Like we've talked about, I don't know how you do a Twisted Metal TV show, but the game could be dope. I wonder who's making that. I bet it's obviously a first-party studio. Mm -hmm. I bet it's (laughs) cross-gen. Oh, fucking hell. Also, website Push Square reported that Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning's Fate Sworn DLC is still on the way and has entered the final stages of production. Publisher Focus Home Interactive has changed their name to simply Focus Entertainment. I had to read that three times to understand it. <laughs> I, I was like, they, they, it's the same word. They took home out. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Also, Ubisoft revealed the post-launch roadmap for Far, Far Cry 6 this week. <laughs> players can expect free content in the form of weekly insurgencies new missions new gear and six special operations which introduce new locations and mechanics there will also be free missions that cross paths with danny treo rambo and the stranger (laughs) things universe ubisoft also confirmed that the game has gone gold and will offer a free ps4 to ps5 upgrade and the game will weigh in at around 39 gigabytes on playstation 5 that's outrageous (laughs) website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Kana Bridge of Spirits may not get a sequel and may instead move to TV or film. Darn. That's interesting. Lost to Judgment director Kazuki Hosokawa told website The Gamer that future games may leave Japan and take the series characters to other countries. Seems odd. Mm -hmm. Paradox Interactive CEO, oh boy, Heba (laughs) Lungerude. I have no idea has stepped down to, quote, differing views on the company's strategy, end quote. This comes following the financial reports earlier this year that cited EBA's desire to focus on the publisher's core titles, such as Crusader Kings and City Skylines, rather than incubating new IP such as Empire of Sin and Vampire the Masquerade. Publisher Square Enix teased a new card-based RPG this week called Voice of Cards, The Isle of Dragon Roars, which Travis is excited about, with more likely <laughs> with more likely to be revealed at Tokyo Game Show. Also, website PlayStation Universe reported a new rumor which suggests that Sony will release a PlayStation 5 Pro by late 2024 with a push towards 8K gaming and a price tag in the range of $600 to $700 US. Doubt. Doubt that. Major I, doubt. Yeah. Can we put up the meme? Put, put up the meme from L.A. Noir. <laughs> yeah, X to doubt. I doubt big tire square to doubt. First of all, 8K gaming is not going to be a thing for a long time. I, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, a lot of people don't even have 4K TVs. They're just now getting 4K TVs and, you know, as like the yeah, standard yeah. in households. Okay. And so we're not just going to, in three years from now, like, okay, 8K, like, uh, I don't know. Also, I, $600, $700, I don't see that either. I see at most 500 again, and they just lower the price of the base model. I mean, that's the playbook. So I'm doubting this big time. Right. And, I, and just a general question about 8K. It's like, at what point does that even matter anymore? Because on some of these games, like even like Uncharted, like at what point, like when does 8K really bring it home? Bring it home for you? It's it's like a mm-hmm. like Call of Duty could look really good, or sports games, or Gran Turismo could look really good in 8K. It's like you know a game like whatever game we saw earlier that I called a Disney movie. Like it's always going to look cartoony. Like a game like Borderlands, like. Is it going to be any more crisp? You know, it's just, yeah, I don't really know. That's, it's hard for me. Like you said, at this point, let's say this really does happen in two years, three years to buy a TV. That's good. You know, can you imagine what an AK gaming TV would cost? Like, oh shit. To do that just for a few games that could actually do it is not really appealing to me. Also, I mean, think about how, how much of a, time developers are having trying to get their games just to play 4k at 60 frames per second and in three that's true i mean they can't even a lot of them can't even do that unless they're the big boys but we're going to go to 8k in three years i ah, just no no fucking way next nugget death stranding received a new update which added support for ps4 to ps5 save transfers ahead of the launch of the director's cut developers sledgehammer games tease that future call of duty iterations will include a field of view slider the new Electronic Arts studio founded earlier this year and helmed by former Monolith Productions Vice President Kevin Stevens appears to be called Neon Black Studios, according to recently filed U.S. trademarks. Marvel's Avengers will get its first raid, a gear upgrading rework, a power level cap increase, and Spider-Man as a playable character all by the end of the year. Interesting. Genshin Impact developer Miho- Mihoyo? Mihoyo. Revealed that the game's newest update, version 2.1, which added Aloy from Horizon to the game, has already raked in a staggering $151 million in the first 10 days, Travis. Jesus Christ. How much of that is from the frozen yogurt they sell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's fucking insane, by the way. I don't... (laughs) <laughs> Think about that. That's what it costs to make a triple A game. They made that shit in 10 days. That's what it costs to make The Last of Us 2. They made it in 10 days. God. Outrageous. Also, a new update to online survival game at DayZ has added 60 frames per second support for PlayStation 5 owners playing in backwards compatibility. And PlayStation 5 sales in Japan have surpassed 1 million units, reaching the mark faster than PlayStation 4 after it launched in 2013. I think we can chill out on Japan meltdown shit with Sony. <laughs> the medium received update 1.02 on PS5 this week, which re-enabled ray tracing effects and improved performance as well as haptic feedback. And they've said that they are working on a fix for trophy support. Website Gamatsu reported that Pan-European Game Information Board has rated Adventure RPG Kowloon High School Chronicle for PS4. So that's coming, I guess, if you give a shit about that. The German USK, which sounds very Nazi-ish, has rated uh, <laughs> as rated as Travis Parts in the mic, has rated action RPG Maglum Lord for PS4. You just had a chance to be called Magnum Lord. <laughs> they did. They really did. 
Toy Soldiers HD has been delayed from September the 9th to September the 30th on PS4. They're still in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, they, got, they haven't got them all out yet. <laughs> 2D hand-drawn Metroidvania game, Eterna Noctis, will launch on PS4 and PS5 on December the 15th. 50v50 World War II strategic multiplayer first-person shooter, Hell Let Loose, will launch on PS5 on October the 5th for $39.99 US. An open beta test will take place from September the 16th through, through September the 20th for those interested. Great game, guys. Very fantastic. Gonna buy that for sure. Also, story-driven observational crime thriller Conway, Disappearance at Dahlia View, will launch on PS4 and PS5 on November the 2nd. Tongue-in-cheek, old-school tactical espionage game, action game, sorry, Unmetal, will launch on PS4 on September the 28th. It's a parody of Metal Gear Solid. Dark humor action shooter Blackbird will release on PS4 and PS5 at some point in the future. It's a very different game. Yeah. The 1997 anti-RPG, whatever the fuck that means, it's called, what that is. called Moon, will release on PS4 and PS5 according to a new PlayStation Store listing. MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries will come to PS4 and PS5 on September the 23rd. Neptunia Cross Sinran Kagura Ninja Wars, whatever, will launch on PS4 on October the 26th in North America and October the 29th across the pond in Europe. Science fiction 3D space shooter Subdivision Infinity DX will come natively to PS5 on September the 22nd. <laughs> Computer RPG Disco Elysium will get a physical release for PS4 on November the 9th. 3D side-scrolling adventure game A Juggler's Tale will launch on PS4 and PS5 on September the 29th. Exploration puzzle game The Eternal Cylinder will, will release on PS4 on September the 30th. And finally, Travis... Gamatsu reported that survival sandbox base building action RPG, The Rift Breaker, will launch on PS5 on October the 14th. The game will feature 4K at 60 frames per second with ray tracing effects as well as full mouse and keyboard support and DualSense support. The game looks pretty cool. I'm interested to check that out. And that's all for the news this week. And I'll now turn it over to Gassy Boy Travis for this week's new games. On the 7th, we had Bus Simulator 21, and they were giving away free access codes on their Twitter handle the last 24 hours. So if you guys got one or saw it, good good on you. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool of them to do that, by the way. You don't really see that a lot from, from uh, developers and publishers. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, we have Clown Trick, Fist Forged in Shadow Torch, mm -hmm. Sonic Colors Ultimate, and I'm just dirty little secret, guys. I'm not a big Sonic fan. Doesn't do it for me. Mm. Also, we have Tanuki Justice. Uh, on September the 8th, we have Struggling. On the 9th, we have Blood Rain, Betrayal, Fresh Bites, Glow. Another vampire game. Wonderful. High School Romance could be a vampire game. <laughs> Hindsight 2020, Wrath of the Rakasha. Mm. Reksha. Rak Shasha. Rak Shasha. There we go. Nice. Life is Strange True Colors, which some people seem to be enjoying on the Twitter. Give it give it a look if you want. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's strange. We also have Save Your Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, followed by the the Touriest. Uh -huh. Ultra Age. And on the 10th, we have uh, Life is Strange again. 
come out two days what, in a row. What the fuck? I missed that, huh? I'm just Ron Burgundy. I was Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't edit it, so. Lost in Random. Uh, NBA 2K22. But the servers didn't come out until the 11th. And <laughs> Port Royale 4. And the many times referenced on this podcast, Tales of Arise. Mm, and that's all for the new games this week. It's a pretty good week. Pretty banger week. So got some big stuff. We got NBA 2K22 which is always a big one. We got Tells of Arise, which is a big one. It's reviewing very well. It's in the high 80s on Metacritic. It's exciting for fans of that. Lost in Strange. Life is Strange. True Colors also, I think, is getting reviewed very well. It was highly anticipated. Uh, let's see here. Fist uh, is, is a PlayStation exclusive that's reviewing in the 80s on Meta. Uh, 2D Metroidvania game, or 3D, sort of 2.5D, whatever. It was cool. Let's see. Anything else here? Uh, I think I read Tales of Arise was like the 15th or 17th in the line of the Tales games. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a shit ton. And I think it's been, I looked it up too. I want to say it's been like five or six years since it came out. I I looked it up today and then I don't remember it now because I didn't write it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they used to come out every year. I I was telling you there for a long time and then they kind of fell off. Uh, Then also the last one I wanted to mention was The Tourist. It is... It was given a 9 out of 10 by PlayStation Lifestyle, so apparently it's pretty good. That's also the game that actually is has an 8K mode. Right after, okay. we, talk shit about, right after we talk shit about 8K. It has an 8K mode on PS5. Uh, so there's that. Also, Tales of Arse. Tales of Arse. Yes, take the eye out and it's Tales of Arse. It's a, <laughs> it becomes a British action RPG. <laughs> All right, let's begin to wrap the show up here, Travis, as we always do, by discussing what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to. What's what do you got? What's what's on your radar? What you been well, doing? we had some uh, we had some good fun on Splitgate. I'm sure we'll keep playing that. It was funny you hadn't played it in a few days, and like mm. it took me a game or two to adjust because it was like, oh, these guys got really good while I didn't play it for three days. <laughs> they did. Um, <laughs> happens quick. It quick. does. Hit you fast, but um, yeah. Anyway, blast as always, and that's a great example of what I talked about earlier of a game like Portal that has these really cool physics that I would never play, but you know I'm glad it exists because it could be something useful in the future for me. And here's a game that took took Portal and Halo and threw them together, perfect. So great example of what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. We did the Hell at Loose beta. Um, finally got it to work. Um, after the server updates, a lot of fun. Shot some artillery, have no idea where it landed. <laughs> Rode the back of a truck, saw your dead soulless eyes across from me. Naturally. So that was fun. Um, not, not anything new there. Mm-hmm. Killed my first guy, and I was so excited to kill my first guy. I missed like the first three shots with the M1. Like, yeah, I was, I kept pinging him because I was like, I'm just going to miss. I kept pinging him, and I was all over the place. I got to fix my sensitivity, is part of the issue. Yeah, you need to switch to the gunner, um, the machine gunner, and, um, I got, I got a, I want to say I got like four or five kills on that game using that, which, you know, at the pace, we had a good squad. We communicated well. I thought we moved pretty well. Um, you we were did. healing us. There was a couple of guys that were riflemen. The only thing we needed was a, a recon guy. And I think we would have been set, but we had a lot of fun. Those guys, um, we won that first game. The second game, we got obliterated. But yeah, the, I, I got a guy, I hip fired the machine gun and killed a guy. Yeah. And like, you know, you have no idea. You're not getting hit markers you, like you like you talked about before. And you're just spraying into this field. 
and he he like went down and i walked up to him and shot him with a pistol to make sure he was dead and wasn't laying down <laughs> yeah because that's my go-to when i get shot i just drop and i'll yeah. reload so what do you what do you think about the game overall like do you like it do you enjoy it or you think it's too yeah. much or what the only thing i hate is the spawning you know if you have an outpost yeah. or you lose your sector to lose your sector and then have to start 800 meters away is brutal. I wish there was a way where like, you know, if you have four of the capture points and you lose the fourth one that you could just spawn at the second one, like leave the middle one open for us to, you know, run into and battle over. That's fine. Uh, but having to restart at the first one, it is just by the time you get up to the third one, they're already taking the second one. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. That seemed like a little bit much. I, I get the idea behind it, but it, it does that. I didn't like that part. That's my only criticism. Um, it's completely different than Battlefield or Call of Duty. It's a you, you need to work as a team. You have to. Yeah. Bringing supplies up, uh, moving even artillery. Like we would have needed, we would have needed our squad at the capture point to tell us kind of like you know mm-hmm. move move a tick left or right, move up or down that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's really fun if you've got a group that you can play with. Um, I enjoyed working with those guys. It was a lot of fun calling people out. You know, you got a guy to the left, we're going to flank them around the back. It's the strategy of it was a lot of fun. It's like, I don't know. I would love to have a SWAT game like that where we could like, Fuck, you know, yeah. we're trying to take out a bank heist or something, you know, like, yeah. you know, it was just, it's fun. And the places that we're at are real places. Um, mm-hmm. The gear looks legit. The guns are legit the guns feel cool they all feel a little bit different um and then this is without the ps5 upgrade i'm sure once we have that it'll be even more different so yeah i mean i enjoy it it's fun it's still outrageous i can't get over the artillery when it hits near you what that's like <laughs> yeah the sensation of people shooting at you and missing it's like i've never been shot at obviously in a war but i've played paintball and it's that same feeling of like shit you don't know where it's coming from yeah. and you're just trying to like not get hit it, it reminded me a lot of that yeah i mean it's it's a blast it's um you gotta be you gotta have time it could take you an hour like you've got to be ready to play yeah it can what else you been playing anything yeah i did some uh, grand turismo this week um my driver rating has never been higher so I don't know what's happened this week. Um, I got on last night before you got on, and I was, I was so slow. Like, I, I, there's just days where you get on and you just don't have it, and I was fucking miserable. Like, I mean, like six seconds off the world record, which is like, sell the game if you're that slow. Don't don't get online. <laughs> and I don't know what my problem was. And then I went, I switched. I kept. I don't know. I just I decided to switch cars on a whim, and. um I was like three seconds faster on the outlap. I don't know what happened. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was fine after that. So last night I was going to win last night. Um, there was a guy in a Bugatti chasing me down. I was, I was going to let him pass me cause I'm, I was in an Audi, which is a lot faster in the curves. And I was going to set him up and pass him cause I'd already done it before in the race. And a guy behind me just decided not to break. And I got shoved into the shadow realm, but I managed to finish second because he slowed down after he hit me um and we we were so far ahead of everybody that i had time to go into the gravel come back onto the track run half of a lap with dirty tires and still not get past <laughs> that's how far ahead we, we, our three had gotten as a group and in the second race um i think i finished fourth or fifth i can't remember but it was that race was actually really a lot of fun there's a lot of good racing at that track we we're at uh, fuji which is an f1 track it's a difficult track 
the sectors are all very different, but it's a track with a lot of passing zones. And if you're with good people, it's a lot of fun to race. So I've been lucky the last week or two I've raced with actually decent people who, when they've made a mistake, have been like, you know, my bad, which you don't really get a lot. So it's, yeah. it's been good. That's cool. It's cool to have people, or I guess it makes it more fun to have people take it serious too. And, you know, who fuck up. I guess that's, that's in a way, that's kind of what I like about Hell Let Loose too, is like, it's, it's more serious yeah, more, people, yeah. you know what I mean? So you're like, oh shit, I missed that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's exactly the same thing. It's a little accountability. Yeah. So speaking of, I also played Hell Let Loose, obviously. I've been playing it a lot. Um, I love it. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I love that fucking game, guys. I, <laughs> I fucking love it. So I'm in, I'm going to buy it. It's weird that you can't pre-order it yet on PS5, but you can right. on Xbox. There's, I was talking with PlayStation Game Size Twitter account last night, and he he was just speculating that maybe it's a October PlayStation Plus game because it comes out on the day that oh new, shit that'd be dope comes out on the day that new games for P- PlayStation Plus would come out. But it seems odd that they would do that considering that they have a marketing deal with Activision for Call of Duty and it's a World Ooh. War II shooter. So I'm not mm-hmm. convinced on that. But anyway, forty uh, bucks. Is, Go ahead. By the way, because I found myself doing this on Hell Let Loose. We're having a lot of fun. We're flanking these guys. We're dominating them. And I think I killed like three or four guys within like a minute. And I just found myself talking so much shit to them. <laughs> I was like, fucking suck it. That's your head, motherfucker. Like, I, I don't Maybe it's because you haven't shot for like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But it, it, just, it just came out of me. It was like organically primal. Yeah. It, they probably if they probably did it in real life to some extent too. You know, probably <laughs> fuck yeah, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh forty bucks is a great price point, in my opinion, for a multiplayer only game. So excited about that. Have I love playing it. It's a great time. It reminds me, you mentioned it, it reminds me of SOCOM on PS2 back in the day. And it also a mix of that. And I used to play SWAT three on on PC. Yeah, yes. I used, yeah, I used to be a PC nerd. But <clears throat> I used to play SWAT 3 uh, with people on PC. Very tactical, you know, very strategic, that sort of thing, if you want to play it seriously. And the interesting thing about you mentioning SWAT 3 is there are yeah. aspects of that game and this game that will terrify you because of how quick they happen. Like, I remember opening <laughs> up a door in a house underneath a staircase and there's just a fucking guy there. Yeah. Like, or like on this game, you're coming around a corner to get a capture point and there's just a guy there with a shotgun. Correct. It's just like all you hear is your helmet fall off, you know, yeah, like exactly. both of those really like you got to be on your game, even though nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then also I played I played a little bit more of that free to play Battle Royale game. I told you about Super Animal Royale where you're uh, animal creatures and it's a top down twin stick shooter royale. Just a different take on Battle Royale. It's just something fun to turn your brain off and do when you don't have a whole lot of time. because You can get games in pretty quick. Played a little bit of Splitgate, like you mentioned, one night, and it went exactly like you said. We had to get warmed up, and then it finally clicked for us that night. And then finally, the last thing I played this week was I played just a few minutes of NBA 2K22 last night. I decided to cave and go ahead and get it because I got a gift card for my birthday, which was recently. I didn't get to play any actual games because the servers were down until about 1230 uh, our time all i got to do is start the my team mode get some cards and whatnot and everything seems kosher so far seems cool we'll see after i actually get to play the game graphics are insane uh so we'll see how's the soundtrack is it banging the soundtrack is so far 
full of some bangers, much more less. It's less cringy so far, although I'm sure there's still some of that and uh, a little bit more, you know, hip hoppy, hip hop anonymous. Uh, so we'll see. I'll have more to say next week. I don't have a whole lot to say right now, but we'll see. In terms of what I'm looking forward to, I'm going to play more Hell at Loose uh, in the next week, and we're going to get the open beta folks in. So we'll have full servers, full servers ahead. And then, uh, and then also on the fourteenth, we get Death Loop on Tuesday. So it's a big day Tuesday. Very What's excited about. I haven't heard anything about Death Loop. Oh, oh really? Okay, fucking a. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very excited about Death Loop, despite Sony and Andor, Arcane and Bethesda trying to fucking kill our excitement for that game by showing it to <laughs> us twenty million times. Jesus Christ! I can't. Here's I tweeted. I tweeted after the show, like, so glad that it comes out Tuesday, so they can quit trying to fucking show us the game. Like, uh, I get it, guys. Jeez. So, what is the game you told me to download that we were just going to play together and stream? I need to do that tonight. Oh, Overcooked. Uh, Overcooked? Yeah, we can try that if you want. You can try that one day. But, uh, so anyway, that's about it. I think it's time to get out of here. We've said quite enough. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on your podcast service. And most importantly, you would share us with a friend or a loved one that would be much appreciated it's always good to get us into more ears and more homes or cars potentially we also, love being in your bodies we love being in your bodies in some form or fashion <laughs> also don't forget to find us on youtube and check out some of our streams and clips like our hell at loose clip that is now over 2.6 thousand views it's over 2600 views so uh, check out know. our exclusive nda clip Yes, very. I'm sorry about that, uh, whoever made the game. But anyway, uh, also find us on Twitter and hit us up. And let's talk. Let's talk about PlayStation. Let's talk about the showcase. Let's see what you think. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. We, as I always say, we love being in those Twitter streets. And uh, <laughs> we'd love to be in your Twitter sheets. Anyway, guys, uh, take care. Have a good week. Stay safe. Talk at you next time. Bye bye.